about tattoos and why we love them, why we hate them, and the magical, mystical, fantastical relationship between a tattoo artist and the person getting tattooed. Now, normally I list off a bunch of really, really exciting and wonderful and sweet things about our guest. But today I'm just going to say this. Oh, God. If you had to go see like a wizard or a dragon <laughs> or some sort of like mythical being and you're really you doing a, this to me right now. <laughs> you have a, a treasure map and you follow it and you go on all the quests and the side quests and you like Got find it. the goblet and you free the goblin and you do all the things. Right. And your reward is you get knowledge on a mountaintop from McKenna Ward. That is who you are. You are like a legendary friend. Wow. You are a legendary artifact. You are a legendary human. Whew. McKenna, thank you for being here. Why don't you tell everyone out there in Tattoo Podcast Land a little bit about yourself? Damn, that was pretty epic. I thought you were gonna like make me respond to that, but it was just a compliment, which is good. It's like the best possible <laughs> compliment in the world. It was. That was pretty poetic. I really do appreciate that. My Libra soul is very satisfied by hearing that. <laughs> I uh, am McKenna. What's up? I work at a museum um, in Mid City. It's called the Academy Museum. If you maybe are into film, you probably know what that is and what that means. But uh, yeah, big, big foodie, big wine lover, big plant lover. Oh, we're counting them now. Okay. Uh, let's, let's have two more. Two because more. you're naming off things that I really like and things that I really enjoy. God, but aren't they like things everybody likes? I'm like, mm, that's boring. Um, I love lore of like place. So Los Angeles being somebody that's from this magical place. Like I've gotten really into that as of late. Cool. So historian. I don't know. Like, let's say that. And <laughs> the last one. The last one. Make it a good one. Make it a good one. Oh boy. Oh, I'm just gonna say this. New stepmom. Yes, you are. You're it. a new stepmom. Let's Official. let's hear it. I think. Are you the new stepmom or the mom that stepped up? Oh. Definitely Woo! the latter. <laughs> My God. Uh, yeah. He doesn't call me stepmom. It's definitely mom. But I feel like that's a better like. Rather than being like, that's not mine, I just say stepmom because it's easier to like. Would you be a little bit uh, put off if he just called you McKenna? He does call me McKenna, and it's jarring. He, if he's like, you're like a to little kid, be like you, McKenna. If he's it's trying to mess with you, <laughs> no, yeah, he he knows that it will like like take you through a journey and like have a little pause. Like if he wants that effect, he does that all the time. Uh, but I'm also lovingly referred to as zucchini. So any variation of zucchini that you could possibly think of being a word. Okay. Even ones that aren't words, he calls me that. So Quickly, before we get to the questions, what is your favorite preparation of the vegetable zucchini? Oh, God. They're making it at home right now, and I'm really actually pissed about it. Uh, it's So what you're saying like, is you're giving up delicious zucchini to be on my stupid uh, podcast. Yeah, but guess what? Like yeah. this... Let's hear it for McKenna and zucchini. Like, this podcast isn't stupid, man. Stop the that. zucchini is like, I'm not Subjective. getting this big. So like, I think there's enough left for okay. me to enjoy it another time. Uh, but they're doing it in like a fried rice situation, which is like Ooh. all cool and I don't know, fusion-y. But I like a just 
like an eggplant parm, but like with a zucchini slice. Like what? Oh yeah, I like that. As an Italian, I like that. Yeah. So baked with the cheese. And exactly, like the, and it's mozzarella cheese yeah. with some parm on top. A one. Definitely. Now, I'm gonna tell a quick story before we get into the questions. <laughs> one time, me, my lovely girlfriend Miranda, McKenna, and her dude all went out to dinner. Oh yeah, we did. And I learned that McKenna knows a shit ton about art history and art <laughs> and all these things. And her and I proceeded to talk for roughly an hour like our significant Probably others were not there. Than that. And Probably more than that. Scenario. I got in the car and Miranda was like, hey dog, <laughs> I love you, but like if you need to do that, just go to dinner with McKenna. And I was like, but it's not like it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And she's like, I'm not mad at you, I'm not mad at her. But mad at him. There were other people at the conversa- in the conversation, and y'all two were just jabber John about art the whole time. So I felt like it was like I don't know. It was like an education. Like if somebody was doing that to me, and I like didn't know anything about I don't know, like Formula One racing, and they were like they, whatever. That was like their life and everything. I'd just be like, I'd be like chilled out. Like, yeah, like relaxing. I want to know. I want to know. Like give me the details. I will sit through that, but. Yeah. Oh, well. It's Hey, listen, we that's why you're here on the podcast right now. Here I am. Let's get into it. Let's talk about art. Let's talk about tattoos. Let's talk about all the fun stuff. So when you were a little girl, do you feel like you were sensitive to art or did you feel artistic right away? Was it something that you noticed or is it something that you grew into? I Oh, I definitely was an artistic child. <laughs> this is going to be really embarrassing, but um, I was like really into like dogs growing up. So I had like this book. I don't know what I don't even know what the company is, but it's like an encyclopedia of like dog breeds and every page would have like this beautiful like a side profile of like the head and like these little like codexes of like different types of like fur colors that they had and like it would have like the bone structure like dissected like this breed has a a very like aerodynamic skull because it is like uh, whatever they're like hunting dogs and i was like this is the coolest shit i've ever seen in my fucking life and i would sit there and like recreate these pictures from the dog encyclopedia why is that embarrassing (laughs) that's sick as fuck are you crazy that's so cool dog portrait like dog portraits like i'm not joking like that's (laughs) a folder those i'm not sure why you're embarrassed um, i think that's cool listen uh, side as hell. <laughs> you had that dog in you before you knew it <laughs> exactly mckenna had that dog in her Shit, it was so and fun. it's like horse girl vibes though but like i don't know it's, it's like horse girl vibes but like less annoying yeah yeah, yeah i'm with <laughs> i it. didn't want to say it. shout out to all of our horse girls but honestly Honestly. i gotta say more respect to the dog girls the girls that just be drawing dogs all day (laughs) now is this something you did as a little girl or something as like a teen a little a little girl a little little girl uh yeah and i also decided i was like i think i understood what my i guess forte was or strengths were in drawing very quickly it's kind of like you're either into realism or you're really not you're more like I wouldn't say like cartoon, but line drawings that are more bold. You know, you're not going for um, like the Mona Lisa. I don't know. Like I knew that I wasn't <laughs> in that lane I, as much as I tried. I don't have the patience for that. So I like did a bunch of my own little like cartoons characters and I would like, this is wild. I went to Catholic school. So like 
I don't know how this like idea came into my brain, but like I would sell like bookmarks, like custom bookmarks, and I'd be like, I'll draw whatever character you want, and like hand do it like dollar fifty, like. That's cool as hell. <laughs> I would, like, Why didn't it? I think of this? Entrepreneurial mindset. Literally. Yes. Straight up. I competed against though, because there was these girls that would make like the flower pens, you know, like and they'd be like, what flower do you want? But those were like $5. So those are like. That's too much. That's too much money. Top tier. I was like, I got to get the like lower market, like the lower end of the market that's willing to draw, you know, yeah, yeah. buy a couple. Don't just buy one. <laughs> I don't know. So. <laughs> You were obviously a very creative and a very artistic little girl. And I'm sure yeah. in the same way you grew up into be a very creative and artistic teenager because you're a very creative and artistic oh adult. Were your parents supportive of it? Was it something where they saw this and they were like, let's feed this? Or were they like, eh, maybe um, something else? It's so funny because my dad's quite creative and artistically gifted and like is a beautiful singer. It's so wild. To wait, me. wait, your dad's a beautiful yes. singer? Yes. What kind of music? Like my dad was listening to everything. Like I was, it wasn't like the, here's the classic oldies. My dad would listen to whatever was on the radio, whatever I was listening to, anything I threw his way. Like my dad was like a DJ on the side. That's so Mind cool. Mind you, my dad's like a nurse, but he was like on the weekends, I like DJ parties for fun. And him and his friend would like, yeah do karaoke big karaoke guy like this man to this day weekly goes down to the local uh restaurant brandon's restaurant shout out upland california shout out brandon's, where's brandon's restaurant <sighs> on mountain avenue in upland i don't it's <laughs> it is upland. a diner local spot and this man gets out there blows everyone out the water like i'm not even kidding <laughs> So, I mean, it's interesting, like, for him to be the more, like, I would say, like, classic dad, like, worked a lot, didn't see him as much. Like, he's definitely, like, the crea more creative talent. Mm -hmm. But my mom, like, works in, obviously, like, a creative space, but is, like, totally opposite as far as, like, personal. <laughs> so, for her, she, yes. like, do you think that she is okay for herself being creative, but not so much for you. She was always kind of like, I know you're really smart. And I, if this is like the path cool, but like, maybe let's try something more lucrative. She was very aware of like, you know, people, a lot of her friends, people in the industry, like scraping by, getting yeah. by working job to job. If you're in those spaces, a lot of them are freelance or based upon like, people that you know or whatever and I think she also knew I was kind of like a fuck you like to <laughs> social norms like I was always kind of just like I'm doing whatever I want and I'm so sorry like I never really cared for like <laughs> approval of peers so she was probably like looking out in that regard which is honestly a serve like thank you so much <laughs> but it's something that I love about you and like when I first met you and uh when I was first getting together with Miranda and you and I became friends in that way because you guys lived in the same building no oh, I did not live there. no you girl. didn't live in the Langham you were just hanging I, out I might as well have lived there for that summer I love dude. That. so <laughs> we met we became friends and the fact that you were like a very free spirit you just like to have fun you didn't give a fuck about what anybody thought like I feel like I've always really bonded with you over that way and enjoyed like hanging out with you and having conversations with you. And then to add on top of it, I learned that, you know, a shit ton about like art and art history and all of those things. Hell yeah. And that was kind of like, I think what solidified our friendship and then the tattoos, of course. Totally. But 
So do you think that part of like where you're at now in life and you learning a lot about like art and art history, was that because maybe just that push from your mom where you're like, I'll do something that's a little bit, instead of drawing or painting, I'll go this other direction? I honestly no. Like I think I got even up to college and was kind of like, I'm gonna be an artiste. I am very devoted to craft and like, this is gonna be it in some iteration. And then it kind of got to be something that I realized was so, uh, like in the big leagues, it is so constrained. Like I eventually got to college and I was like, all right, I'm gonna write for a living. Did a screenwriting program here in LA and you know, it was like on the precipice of graduating and I'd done all these like really awesome internships and it's like, okay, now decide, are we taking that next step? And I gave it a go for, I'm gonna say like eight months and pitched to probably some of the biggest brands in the world, a la like Mattel and shit, like the Super Bowl and feeling just like, wow, I mean, yes, I'm a writer, but like, I'm also just like your conduit for whatever marketing parameters and like whatever your niche market that you're trying to capture, like will want. It's not me. Like, it's not actually me. You don't want to help someone else make a bunch of money. No. And, or I want like stories that I find valuable to hear, to be heard. And like, I mean, this is probably the perfect storm, but like, yeah, the Mattel one was kind of like the end of it when I got asked to pitch something for the Super Bowl and I like wrote, <laughs> I wrote a little um, scene, a little commercial where there was like a little boy that had a Barbie and was like watching the Super Bowl with his like dad and the Barbie had like the uniform, like she had the jersey and whatever. And I just remember like being like, this is it. Like, this is gonna change the world. Like, I love this idea. And basically turning that into like my bosses and then being like, we literally like cannot, like that's not acceptable. Yeah. And like slowly started falling off, like getting those asks anymore. And I was like, well, okay, like, let me just be in a space. Let me follow a passion where there is none of this to answer to or answer for whatever. You don't have to explain yourself. Like, so contemporary arts vein, it came and I kind of rode that into the sunset. Did you go straight from the writing into working in museums? Was it like a pretty quick pivot? Absolutely. Crazy story. I don't even know if I should say, <laughs> say it. Will oh. it will it affect your occupation? Um, I'll give the gist of it. How about that? Okay. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll give the uh, <laughs> the round outline of sure. it. How about that? I met my like initial. I guess what I would say, like my mentor at the time. She was from Mocha. She'd been working at Mocha and started her own space contemporary gallery I guess we could call it with some friends and was like looking to grow that into a nonprofit, which is obviously a process it's a um commitment to the bit if you will you okay, know like okay. I think a lot of people are like you know coming out of a either academic space or maybe like working at a larger nonprofit, then they want to start their own thing it's kind of like could go one way or the other. This could be a passion project and could just be like fun and whatever, or it could be like, oh, this is an institution. 
So they were like going institutional route. I stuck around. I was like just like the most reliable person that <laughs> they could depend on for everything. Like I, I learned from the ground up what it takes to curate, what it takes to build a show like with your hands and like no money and put on galas and, you know, just an increasing level of like the seriousness of that obviously got me to a place where I was able to like work at the LA Philharmonic and like now here, like it, all of that really primed me for understanding what it takes to run an institution that has a almost $60 million budget versus like one that maybe has 200 grand. Yeah. Like, you know, so you kind so, of did like the trial by fire thing. So instead absolutely. of like the traditional, I went to school and I went to art history, art, you know, I did all that stuff. It was more like you got this job oh, and they yeah. really got you ready for kind of the big show. I mean, like I still, I like minored in studio art. So I did a lot of whatever, like the student shows and whatever in college. And I worked, I had a job like teaching art as well during college. So it was always kind of there, like an underpinning of that. But that is so much different from like being out in the world and like trying to actually have a successful like new space for sure so i think I, I really got lucky like just the people that i ended up meeting were fantastic and brilliant and like one's a curator um out in houston at the contemporary museum out there and one is now has her own she's a director of a space that's in new york city like killing it I think the other girl has a space in Miami. So like they've all also evolved in their own right. Like they're still young women, I would say like early forties, if not late thirties. So, you know, they're all killing it. And the space still like lives on in its different iteration with like the new era. That's so it's cool. Crazy. Yeah. Do you, um, now that you're doing this and now that you have gone from one thing to another, is it, do you look at your career right now and you're like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to stick with this. Oh, it's so tough. It's really, really tough. I mean, there's obvious benefits to having. Yeah. Your job always sounds so cool. Every time you come <laughs> in and get tattooed and you like tell me um, about job stuff, I'm like, oh, lucky. Absolutely. Like it's, <laughs> it's absolutely the difference between a well-established or long running institution. Like the Academy is uh, over a hundred years old itself. I don't know. Or around that. But that obviously holds so much like cultural weight as did the LA Phil, like that one was an absolute trip. Like just all of the connections that I made and like the things that I was able to like work with were just, wow, like blew me away. Did you ever like just go down into the, what is it called? The pit and just like play a violin really quick? Or <laughs> I did would you eat like lunch. bang the cymbals? I would literally <laughs> eat lunch. No, I would, in an empty amphitheater, I would go out there at lunch and just sit like, yeah, in the pool circle and just be like, I am, this is a sick life. That's really fucking cool. It actually. was you got sick. To, like, like, and they would just be like practicing? Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, they had like open practices too. Like people don't know this stuff. Like they're always doing i mean if it's not a donor event like they have just like public practice for i think it's their jazz nights so i think it's like tuesdays or whatever i mean maybe this is way different now because of covid so maybe look into that yeah i'm gonna <laughs> look into this but if i can go to the la philharmonic and just absolutely. like sit down and listen to some jams for free i'm gonna 100 no, you gotta play the triangle or something 
I have to play at least one <laughs> instrument. Yeah. Do you think I should play the trombone and be a tromboner? <laughs> Silence. That joke did ne- not land. Next question. I love yeah, the, French, on to the next. Let's let's the let's get French back to the podcast. Horn. Like the French horn is it though? And where are we? Am I wrong? Like, the French horn's kind of sick. The coolest and it's like twirly. Ever. Like I like Hell how twirly yeah. it is. Let's talk about. It does look tight. Yeah. It does it's look tight, tight, right? Let's talk about tattoos a little bit, and then okay. we're gonna go back to all the fun museum stuff. What were your first tattoos? What were your first tattoo experiences oh, like? Boy, my first ones were really. Oh, what was I thinking? I was visiting a friend in Isla Vista who she went to UC Santa. <laughs> UC Santa Barbara, and. Slugs. Yeah, the banana. No, Santa that's Barbara. Santa Cruz. That's yeah, that's Emily. Not Emily's. Wait, what them. is what is Santa Barbara? Gauchos. The gauchos, yeah. yeah. Why do I know that? The gauchos. Gaucho ball, remember that? No, what's that? Gaucho ball is like a, it's like a drinking a game. No, it's a drinking game with like the, with the red cups and like, it's not the other one. Beer pong? It's not beer pong. It's, you have a bunch of like cups in a circle and you like bounce the, the ball once and then if it like hits into one of the cups, then you like drink it and send it to the next person. Oh, I know. And you're, you're like trying to get about. through the whole thing. Where it like stacks and it's a whole yeah, round table. And it yeah. stacks up, so it's harder. I, I've heard it called Rage Cage. Yeah. Oh! People yeah. that go though to UCSB claim that they invented this game and they call it Gaucho Ball. Gaucho Ball. And a gaucho is like a, <laughs> like a, like a, it's like a, like a cowboy, right? Oh. <laughs> because aren't they like gaucho pants? Aren't oh, it's not yeah. like a. DJ Why Michael Miguel is going to look it up. I thought it was a literally a donkey. That's terrible. I mean, it makes more sense for them to be the donkeys than like the weird cowboys. No, I think it's what you said. It's a I very think odd it, name. Right? I think it's what you said. The gauchos. It makes me kind of uncomfortable. It's, you don't like hearing like, it? Kind of slurish. It's like like if, if you were at the gas station, someone's like, you fucking it's gaucho. Like, it's like a like a cowboy hat, it looks to be. It's a hat. Oh, it's a hat? They're an inanimate so they're the object. Hats? Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like that. Oh, it's the hat that like Zorro wears. What? Oh, it's like the Stevie Ray Vaughan hat. Oh, it is. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Now that you think about it, their their mascot guy does look like Zorro. I think. Yeah, oh, like that. Insane logo. Yeah. Okay, so UCSB's mascot is is the Stevie Ray Vaughns or the Zorros. That's that's what we've learned today. Um. Okay, anyways, so you're at UCSB. You're hanging with Stevie Ray Vaughan. You're gonna comment get... about that, but yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my friend, yeah, I was like, okay, like, let's experience this insanity that is your school. They were a major party school. I was like, I'm down. Let's go. Let's do it. Get obliterated, like, as we all do when we're 19. Totally, totally. I think I was 18 still. And, like, we're still drunk the next day. Like, I this was before Uber, so, like, my friend was so drunk, like, she couldn't, like, walk home. And I was like, what do we do? We, like, called a taxi. Okay. Like, Literally, full-on taxi. Like, what were we doing back then? Kids nowadays have it so much easier. They don't know how bad a yellow taxi smells once you get inside (laughs) of it. It's not chill. just praying that they know where you are. Just like, I guess they're coming. Crazy. Wild. Anyways, no, yeah. So I, like, the next day was like, what a night. How liberated I feel. I just think, like, what would seal the deal on this is, like, a new tattoo. Like, it just... Just get a tattoo. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I went to Precious Slut that I think is literally still there. Wait, the name of the tattoo shop's Precious yes. Slut? God damn, what Full a sick on. name. It's fucking tight. Full yeah, if, if they still are open, they're getting a follow from me they're on Instagram today. Def- I think they are open still. And this man named Jinx that had just so much, like just head to toe, had like the ice cream scoop on the face. What, are you sure it wasn't Gucci Mane that did the <laughs> tattoo? Because be I'm pretty cool. positive, and she was like, and then Gucci Mane did my first tattoo um, ever, his first and my first. 
<laughs> yeah, I did not know what I was getting into. And my like super hungover friend was just like eating like nachos, just like collapsed on the chair, like in the corner. And I was like, in the tattoo right. shop. Yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah. Absolutely. What did you get? I got this one. I still have it. Oh, your, your Polaroid. A, yeah, my Polaroid. Because I was like, yeah, this was my era when I had started doing a lot of photography. And I was like, it's just so poetic. And like, I'm a visual artist. Like, I, I love this. I love film. And it's also like in reference to a John Mayer song. Don't kill me. It's a reference to a John Mayer song. John Mayer's cool. I like John Mayer. Okay. I thought. John Mayer's mm-hmm. tight. Okay. He's okay. really good at the guitar. Yeah. And he's like hooked up with some, or he's like dated some, some baddies. But he said so many problematic things. I'm like, could we just oh. not have done that? Like, that'd be what did, so Wait, great. what did he say? Does he, not he bear like, repeating. Well, he wants to be like dating Taylor Swift when she was like a child. <laughs> and he was like in his 30s. Allegedly. I... <laughs> I'll look know, into man. it. Listen, this isn't a celebrity gossip podcast. Right. John Mayer rips at the guitar and he does. And he was on Chappelle's show. Yeah. And McKenna likes him so much that she got a tattoo I to did, commemorate. Dude. I had his like, he has this, uh, I don't even know what album it is, but it's like this black and white portrait where he's like looking over his shoulder and you just see his like Stevie Ray Vaughan like tat on his arm. Wait, he has like, a tattoo? Yes, he does. We talked about Stevie Ray Vaughan twice in yes. this podcast today. Hell, he has his man. initials tattooed on his arm somewhere. I forget. Is it SRV? Yep. Absolutely. Dude, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck That's yeah. That's like his Welcome like idol. This is a podcast about Stevie Ray about Vaughan. About Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> we talk about tattoos, but mostly Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> I don't know, man. Do you... Outside of that experience, what do you think is your favorite tattoo? Which one do you like the most? That's really hard. I your hand tattoo. This one was like pretty special. The first one. Yeah. I love your hand tattoo. I love I love my tiger too, honestly. This little trinity you've got going on of like the tiger we did on you and then your hand tattoos. I get a lot of compliments about the tiger. Like I'm not gonna lie. But what a sweet face it has. Yeah. People really like it. Do okay, uh this is like a completely self serving and egotistical (laughs) question. But because you work at the Academy Museum and you be dealing with famous people, right. has a famous person ever complimented my work? A famous person? I'm not like cool like that. I don't really go to like the premieres just, and just stuff. Say yes. Just say yes. Oh, I'm like, who's this. the most famous person? <laughs> just say yes and then Keanu Reeves and then we'll be. <laughs> if I met Keanu Reeves, I think I would have blacked out fully. Just say yes and Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What, is, what, what happened? I do own a piece of art by his girlfriend, wife. I don't know if they're married. Oh, but his, she's an artist. And she's an architect. She's like a famous yeah. architect. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, she did like this piece of art for this. Uh, it was like a charity, like whatever, like a gala for this. My, one of my old jobs. And she was living in Berlin with him while he was shooting, I think, John Wick 3. Cool. Does that one have Berlin? I don't know. Um, they're they're international. They go all over the right. world. Have I'm you seen like, any of the John Wick movies? I've seen all of them. I just saw the fourth one on the plane to the UK when I just went. Did you like it? I fucking loved it. Wasn't it so good? I almost cried. Like I almost literally cried when he had his nunchuck scene because I was like, that must have been so special for him. Yeah. Also, the <laughs> thing that like, and this is, I hear especially like in the shop people complaining about this. Yeah. The scene with him falling down the stairs, mm. and that it's a huge homage to like night early film and like comedy yeah. with your and like the Marx Brothers stuff and all of that. Like I, yeah. that's where I was like, this is so cool. I love this that they're doing 
very very physical comedy and like a homage to silent film but everyone's totally. like that shit's so stupid he would have broken his ankles blah 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 and it was so boring and talking about the end scene almost yes that's yeah. a big old fight scene yes 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 mm-hmm. it's where gotcha. they're going up the stairs and down the stairs and up yes, the stairs. Yes, yes, yes. it's it's meant to be like very silent film uh totally like physical comedy yes so i like that shit i like it a lot because I you understand film history and you get something out of it more, I don't know, close to your heart than just like, oh, wow, that's... Why didn't he kill more guys? Yeah. Yeah. So on the topic of museums, we were just talking about your job. We were talking about the Academy Museum. Do you think when you were like little McKenna, mm-hmm. did you spend time in museums and be like, wow, this is really sick? Do you think that maybe that seed could have been planted when you were a little girl or did it more happen organically as you were an adult? I had to really think about that because I was like, did I? Like, I, shit, I don't know. I could have very well, but I think I I literally called my mom and talked to her about it. Too, I was Sick. Like, <laughs> I love that you called your mom for this fucking podcast. She remembers more about my life than any human being, including me. So, like, <laughs> that's the source right there. And she was like, I mean, she answered it for, I already knew the answer to that. And it was that theater was her world and her life and that's way more like a central part of my young years like she would take me to theater or like live performance music stuff like that I mean yeah I'm sure I went to like museums at school and stuff but it's like (sighs) you have to at that age unless your parents are like super like interested in in giving you challenging like subjects for like experiencing art or like whatever like educational concepts like let's say like science there's a lot of like science museums and such but like if there's no like interactive like child-centric portion of that experience like it's kind of a hit or miss if they're gonna enjoy that and I mean I experience that now because I have a six-year-old that I take to very challenging shows and it's like it's not always a hit it's oftentimes really not a hit and sometimes he gets scared so like (laughs) i can imagine in an older generation also like that if you weren't in the art space like why would my family be like taking me to something that i was gonna like hate or like not understand and then they'd have to like explain it or like deal with however i related to it so yeah i think that was what was easiest was like plays and musicals and so art and, and, and design and like at least some level of pageantry and, and beautiful things were at least being presented to you. But oh, I think yeah. it's interesting because it's we call it. Yeah, it's art. Of yeah. course. Absolutely. It's not just like a formalized art, though, that I think a lot of people associate with the word museum, like white walls, presentations on walls in a multi-level space like yeah you know do you think that and this is a this is an off-topic question but again something that like the tattoos and your big personality and like you like to wear cool clothes and your hair is always dyed fun colors do you think that maybe in some way being like having your mom be in, in theater and those type of arts do you think that had some sort of effect on your personality i'd like to think so i mean god i was singing like jesus christ superstar like off the cassette tape like in the living room every day for god i mean when did that come out like the late 90s i had to have been like five or six yeah so 
<laughs> Definitely that. I mean, I'm also lucky like to have like a lot of queer family members too, which is like, I'm sorry, always a plus in the art department. And 100% the, yes. In the cultural sphere. Like, and I've, you know, also just gotten so much closer to them and like the history of like queer people in LA, America, whatever, via art as well. So it's just like this. It's definitely your your environment and your family members that play a massive role in that. If you can like connect to something that makes you understand other people better, like I think most people crave that. So I ran, yeah. ran with it. I was a big theater kid for a really, really long time. Like that was. You don't say. I could have yeah. never guessed that you were a theater <laughs> kid. Do you think? Okay, and and this is again like something that is interesting to me with the little one. Do you think oh that maybe these core memories, the stuff that he's maybe not liking right now, might affect him positively in the future? And he might maybe want to be a filmmaker or be into Absolutely. art? Absolutely. And it's weird, too, because I know it's also just like he sees people that have smart devices and like he understands that like that's a way to like mobily like capture a story. He's obsessed with that. He has like his little like own kids. I don't know, like digital like video camera yeah, that yeah. he makes his own movies on. I mean, it's all like Transformers versus Godzilla, but it's still very artful. And I mean, he obviously sees dad and me every single day working on visual projects and, you know, I mean, I hope, I hope he's very also like loves to please or like make people happy. So he could like he could so easily be an actor and like absolutely kill it. He's the cutest kid on earth. And like he knows exactly like what to say that of something that you've said before that will just make you like just laugh with like the depths of your <laughs> soul. Like he's so funny and he enjoys that. Like you can see when he like delivers a punchline, he like really like loves to see the smile on your face and like lives for the reaction. So I'm like, hey, Go for it. You might have a little comedian <laughs> on your hands. You might have the uh, the next Pete Davidson living under your roof. Oh, my God. Making I mean, all kinds of money, being kind of weird. Again, getting a lot of famous chicks like it. Hooking up with Kim Kardashian. You know? yeah. Taco Bell sponsorships. He Motherfucker. Like, again, Taco Bell. Pete Davidson out. Us in. Please. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. He's already like married to one of the girls at school. I'm like, okay. <laughs> there we go. There you have it, folks. A young Pete Davidson. He's coming up right now. But I feel like a good, you know, that again, it is my opinion. This might be a hot take, but I think to be a comedian is in itself even a form of art. Like, I think there's Absolutely. artistry to telling jokes, oh, totally. to being able to tell a story. For me, I'm like 50-50. I can tell a good story. Sometimes I can't. But I feel like comedians, good storytellers 100% of the time. And you just have to understand, like, how to connect with people in an ever-changing environment. Like that's that's what's so fascinating to me about like watching people do stand up and like thank God we live where there's the best of the best people doing it. You yes. can go to comedy five nights a week probably and see like amazing, amazing comedians doing work. But it's also just such a skill to just understand like, oh, my timing of this this time for this crowd, like it hit it hit them at a quiet point and like it didn't get a laugh. So like I need to punch that up earlier or whatever like just to see like comedians at work because they want that 
performance, it is a performance to be like an experience for people is amazing to see. I agree. It's amazing to see. So I, this is one of my favorite, actually, before we do anything. <laughs> McKenna was kind enough to bring a bottle of wine tonight. Oh, yeah. I love wine. I collect wine. Wine's really tight. So I'm going to crack some of this open. Uh, <laughs> we even try it yet? Oh, yeah. Is it try good? It. Yeah, McKenna I've already had tried it. it. It's I know, good. I've okay, had cool. One uh, of my favorite questions on this podcast is this. And because you're an artist, because you work in the arts, because you're sensitive to art, we got to mm -hmm. talk about it. Yeah. Art, is it a bunch of bullshit or not? And <laughs> are tattoos art or are they something else altogether? Oh, God. That's a really tough. You can just I say come... yes or no. No, I got a good answer. <laughs> Did you, you talk to your mom me? about the answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you like some more wine? Sure. Okay. Here. Um, no, wine. there's a fine line drawn between I think like how eccentric I've gone with art and what my mom can deal with. She's she's a masterful at like, I mean I think art like theater is very realistic. Like let's just say that. So you are copying essentially mostly it's like period specific pieces. Like what do they look like in this area of the world at this time? Like that, yes, is artful to like recreate, but there's a, something different that occurs along the lines of like the type of stuff that I've come to do. And like, I really love, like I've come to really appreciate and be a fangirl over drag art. And I like really cool. enjoy. Now are we talking about the process that? of transforming into a queen or like actual art, like what? Is it different? <laughs> I mean, listen, I consider it art. I think to transform oneself into another person is extremely Absolutely. artistic. And just working with a 3D canvas, as you do, it's a, it's a whole ass other thing. It's a whole other ball game. Like, yes, there's manipulation of material in more like formal arts, sure. But you're also like, not only are you working with something unruly and like always changing, and always moving and living and breathing but then that thing also has like a reaction to what you're doing yeah and you have to like navigate that in infinite interesting ways because the action that you're doing is like not something particularly pleasant okay. so it like okay. brings up in people i don't know don't you think like it brings up different things in different people like there's people that really enjoy and are like elated to have the experience of like Pain and people that aren't so like then you have this whole journey that you're going on with them i would say yes uh i think <laughs> the the thing for me and like without us getting too deep into it as i've said on this podcast before and as i've even told you my favorite thing about tattooing is getting to know the person that i'm working on um and i think that like the it's interesting that you bring up all of this because I guess you were saying the words and I was like, I guess I've never really thought of that before. Like I never You're really. You're a therapist for sure. But I like doing it. It's fun to me. So yeah. what, I, what I'm taking from all this is that you're saying that drag, doing drag and tattooing are the highest forms of art. Is that. Is Absolutely. That, okay. You heard it here, folks. The highest forms of art. Absolutely. Number one, doing drag. Number two, 
tattoos. Everything else, a bunch of bullshit. Well, it's it's obviously about you so much because you're creating the art. Like you have a connection to like what you are doing or or if you get to learn something new, like about whatever subject that the person has brought into your life. Like, sure. I don't know, you probably enjoyed like looking up the carry house. And I was like, I want to blast over this tattoo. Yes, yes. Yeah, you probably like, I was like, he's going to like doing this. So that for me, like that back and forth, like that communication is just on an entire other level as certain art that is very like personal and very like, yes, it might be your expression of how you like view the world. It might have like, some subject matter that is very universal but like if you're like a fine artist and you like your practice is you like there is such a separation a lot of times unless it's like well I'm gonna make it about like I'm gonna say that it's about what somebody else thinks of my art it's like no you're still like you made what exactly what you wanted there was no other input from anybody else it was your interpretation of an idea yeah at the end of the day and like your work is that plus the other end. And it's such this like full world. McKenna, when I became rich, become <laughs> rich and famous, will you be my manager? And can you tell people that before I enter sure. a room? Can you just say all the things that you just said <laughs> and then be like, and now Michael Manorino and everyone will start clapping. <laughs> that was a, the most like glowing endorsement of tattoos and my tattooing. I think I've ever heard. So thank oh, you. Well, that was the good. best possible answer I could have ever hoped for. I had to, I had to one up the fucking intro, I guess. <laughs> uh, I think that you crushed it. You fucking crushed it. Now, speaking of glowing endorsements, oh, let's boy. talk about the Academy Museum a little bit. Sure. Is it cool? Do you love it? Is it cool working there? Obviously, we don't want to get you in trouble. Oh, no. um, has it been fun? Are you, are you liking Absolutely. it? Like, is it, a, is it cool? I love museums. Uh -huh. And uh, a funny thing, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is, but like Miranda, museums aren't really her jam. It's just one of those things where we go separate ways. And that's okay. Either why you are or you are. Why is that though? Do you know why? How can I put Is it this? intimidating? You know what? Honestly, I feel like that's kind of a good way because I know so much about it. Right. And I've met other women where like we do the thing we're walking around a, or walking around a museum and I'm like, oh, this is this, this is that, this is this. And they're like, Wow, Sick. this is really attractive because you know right. so much about that stuff. Sure. For Miranda, she's just like, that's cool, man. I like when we were in New York and we went to the Met, she oh. was like, this is beautiful. Like, I can appreciate it, but like, I can't do this for more than like an hour and a half. Whereas I'm like, I could be here all fucking day. Yeah. Corey, DJ, producer Corey. Yeah, I mean, I fuck with art. Uh, I, I could see where she's coming from, though. Absolutely. After like, like an hour and a half, you're like, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm cool. Like, I mean, I can look at cool shit and be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, this is gorgeous. But yeah, after after a while, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm pretty spent, you know. When we were at, we at the Met, I was looking at like sculptures from like Mesopotamia. And she's like, my boy. So cool. Like, <laughs> how many sculptures of titties are we going to look at? Like, she it's just looked at it and was like, that's what's up. Yeah, exactly. She's like, Cool, cool, cool. So, like, we're in New York City. So, like, there's other, like, Blair War Waldorf stuff to do here other than go to the fucking Met. But <laughs> in that way, for me, I can imagine walking into the Academy Museum every day and being like, holy shit, I work here. This is it's so crazy. cool. I work in a fucking museum. How Absolutely. does it feel for you? It's so crazy. And I'm, like, very grateful that I get to live this experience because I, like, learned about the museum even being a concept in like 2014 I think I was I don't know if I was like home from college and I like my mom had some time off and I was like I want to go to see a show with you like what's on right now LACMA didn't have shit but then they were like 
oh, this costume, like this film costume exhibition to like launch what would then become the Academy Museum, like was coming through town. And like, I was like, oh my God, that's sounds fantastic. Cause they had like, all, not only did they have costumes, but they had like all the wigs and like all the jewelry and whatever. And I had never, I don't think I'd ever been to such a well curated show that just swept me off my feet, both with just like the intention of how it was organized and the detail, but just also like all the fabrication of like all the mannequins and how they did all these just illusions and presented a textile heavy exhibition. I was just like, this is the coolest thing. I want to work here. I'm going to work here. So you manifested it. You made it happen. I, in the longest, most roundabout way ever. But I guess, yes. You still did it. Uh, interestingly <laughs> enough, I went to the same exhibit. You did? I did. And I remember my girlfriend at the time leaving and like looking That's at her crazy. being like, that was the coolest fucking thing I've ever been to in my Literally. entire life. Like I was so... And some of the wigs it. were like made out of paper. Yeah, that shit, was crazy. that shit was really cool. It was amazing. No, that changed everything for me. And like to be there now is so weird. Like I, I fully like admit that I'm like, yes, this like was something before my like jaded mind took me down this other path where I was like, well, this is all there is for me. Like here we are killing it. Living it's your hard best work. Life. It's hard work. It's a new museum as things go and things are new. There's so much raw talent and like energy and excitement in the space that it's like chaotic. It's obviously chaotic, but to be working on the things that I'm working on is just amazing. Amazing. That's so cool. We talked about this earlier. Uh, your ta your hands being tattooed. I've been working yeah. on tattoos. We've been collaborating on have. tattoos together since I opened Nine Lives and all that fun stuff. So yeah. working in a museum, being a woman with like fun colored hair again, having a big personality. You are very much you and you don't give a fuck. Well, in your experience, have you felt pushback? Do you feel like you work with people like you or is it like you're a one of one in that space? And do you feel like people take you seriously? Definitely not in my department. Like, I'll Ooh. say that. No, no, no. My department is all like the cool kids. Oh, like, okay, we're all okay. the designers. We're all, it's all okay. the designers. Hooray Whoa. for designers. Yeah. yeah. Woo. <laughs> we're like the young, <laughs> no, we're no. the young people. We're the one. I mean, yes, there's other young people in other departments, but like, I would say most of them are led by folks that are wearing like a pantsuit to work and like, Ooh. you know. Boot. DJ like, Michael Miguel boot of pantsuits? I'm whatever about them. <laughs> You're not a fan of pantsuits? Not suits? like not chic, but like there is definitely a difference between like the people that are, I don't know, like in my experience in a museum, like doing the installations and the preparations and like. It's all the like exhibition so staff and like anybody who does any of the like graphic design or anything. Like those are the young people, those are the tatted people, those are the really like diehard fan people most of the time of like whatever the art is. <laughs> I forget too that I met your coworker who had who had Jacob, super yeah. cool tattoos. Really, really cool. And tattoos. his wife does she works at the museum too. Amazing. They got married they got married since you met them. I think the last time I tattooed your other hand, you told me that. Yeah. Please give them my congratulations. Oh, yeah. Do you think that you'll stay at the museum and in a museum space forever? Do you <sighs> think this like point, this is this is McKenna's future? At this point, I feel like, yeah. I yeah. mean, there was there was kind of that moment I just had like in my career of it had been so many years of like, what am I doing this for? Or like, oh, I'm just going like, to continually like work for whatever, like whatever I can get hands on. I 
had that experience of like being a very like viable resource to like a couple of individual like people in the community of Los Angeles that had like very strong connections to the the Hollywood Bowl. Like I was working in that collection every single day, digitizing, like looking at all of the amazing programming that had gone through and like all the world events that were happening, like through all of this, like how music was such a unifying force in every major like happening in world history since like the early 1900s, you know? Yeah. Like, so those experiences like really, I think solidified for me, like working in like, a museum space can be such like a treasured and like valued space to people at like every stage of their lives. Like there's so many instances in which people connect with the arts in just like random life ways. Like I'll give a really good example that like actually brought me to tears, but like I got a phone call when I was in the museum and this lady was like, Hey, I'm really sorry. Like I could tell something was wrong. Like I was like, Oh my God. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like emotional, but like my mother-in-law passed away or is like going to pass away soon. So like, we're kind of like getting stuff together for her funeral, but she like happens to be like in a yodeling group. Okay. Like okay. in a yodeling group. She was like this, you know, young German woman, like in a yodeling group that ended up getting asked to like perform at the Hollywood Bowl for some festival. Like I forget some type of German festival. And she's like, I know the year. I obviously have her name and if you have, if you can find anything from that time, like this is a story she's told through like our generations of our family that she got to perform there when she was young, whatever, whatever. We would love to like include that in like her celebration of life. Cool. Cause it's such a like core memory for all of her kids, grandkids, whatever, great grandkids. And just, you know, I was, able to through my work that I'd already done very easily like locate the exact program of the year that she had mentioned I found her name multiple times and I found pictures of her performing uh how much did you cry when all that <laughs> like, came together because so I would much. have quietly sobbed so much and like I think just her even like getting the response like the email response back for me I like, actually like I emailed her and she was so shocked I like called her and I was like you know, like we had that like moment of like you made such a, you know, sad event as it is so much more like peaceful and, and happy and like it made That's us all really feel good dope. about her, like remembering her. And I was just like, oh, my God, like who knew like who knows that sometimes like that can it can be that big of a ripple effect. Yeah, because totally. that's what it is. Like it was one small thing in her life, but she like found that to be so like seminal to her that she like shared it with people. Yeah, that's incredible. And then now our family's like connected to that forever. Amazing. Hundreds of stories like that. Yeah, so it's it's you obviously know? you're loving it. It's working. You're yeah. gonna stick doing it. Yeah. Let me ask you about your hand tattoo thing because yeah. I think this is another really important thing and like part of the podcast is that it's helping people out there better understand why we what why we do what we do with the tattoos and mm. the decisions that we make. So you obviously love your job. You're obviously very passionate about it. You're obviously a, a hard worker and you're good at what you do. I know all those things to be true. Hey. Was there a catalyst for change that made you say, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to like, not even like tattoo my hands a little. I'm going to fill them up. And do you have any advice for anyone out there that's 
like knee deep in their profession and is good at what they do. And they're like, you know what? I think it's time. I think I want to tattoo my hands or my neck or my face or whatever, you know, somewhere where God. there's no going backwards. Ah, you, now you say that like a face, the face has been a, a long time one for me, for sure. I don't know. Like, I think if it's, you're reaching a point and there's like that much value in it for you, or like you connect deeply with just what the experience means and your commitment to displaying art, like whether that be your own or like you value collecting other people's work. Like both of those are totally valid, like cool things to do with one's life. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie, like being successful in a creative space has its advantage because there's a lot of ways in which I get allowances that other people might not like i don't know many like finance bros that are all heavily tattooed and like creative and being in a creative space yeah like i mean it's just there are arenas in which that's like not acceptable or like that's not going to be as easily accepted and like i do think that those people still enjoy that type of art but like maybe they just can't explore things that are visual like visible parts of the body like you know and i mean do i think it's a privilege absolutely do i think it's also still something that's like very intense and like very polarizing to people sure totally but i don't know i think i've more than proven like that this is not going to change anything about how much I care about the work that I do or how good I am at it or how experienced I am at doing well at it. Like I've only consistently shown that in my career. So I'm just like, I don't care. Like I sure as hell don't care. I feel like that's very well put. And the fact that you're so good at what you do and like you use such a good word, like allowances, it's almost like the, the work is done so well. So it's like, well, this is how I am and this is how I express myself. So you're just going to have to deal with it. But I think, the, the thing that you said, and I think the thing that's really important for maybe younger people to understand is that you worked towards that. Yeah. And you created a space for yourself where you're like, yo, I'm going to tattoo my hands and I'm going to like heavily tattoo my hands. Yeah. Because I'm so good at what I do and I'm an integral piece of this team. Whereas just showing up with like your neck and your hands or your face, whatever tattooed and being like, give me a job, give me a six figure salary, give me all of these things. That's not how reality works. And that's not a real yeah. thing. But it is what it is. It's fine. Uh, another thing that I wanted to ask you, which I think is important and something we talk about a lot on this show. <laughs> you are a woman. I'm a man. You are a feminist. You believe strongly in women's values and all of Ooh. those fun things. Oh, Do you boy. think that there is something to be said for some of the division amongst women getting tattooed by men, women having bad experiences. Do you think that it was made easier for you and I, because we were friends before? Is it something hmm. where women out there should kind of protect themselves or is it all about being scrupulous and having the information? <laughs> you're going to get think? a real controversial answer for me. No, it's not going to be controversial. It's just going to be something I don't think you're. I don't listen. I don't care. I, want, I want an honest answer. Um, I don't necessarily like identify as any type of gender at all. So I okay, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. <laughs> and this is like a new thing that I haven't really like publicized. I'd so okay. like say, but like yeah, on my like email signature at work, it's like a she they situation. Uh huh. Um, but it was so funny. Like I, I've quietly like just experienced that because I just don't think it's 
doing anything to prove or disprove any quality that I have and um, I already possess and people know me as. So I'm just like, it is what it is. But I've truly like, I am femme presenting, obviously. I'm mm -hmm. very pre femme presenting, but like in my mind, I like never have thought to myself like, oh, this is because I am a girl or like I can or cannot do blank because I'm this gender or like other people's genders dictate anything about like what they should, shouldn't do or how they should or should act, present, move about the world. It's just like, uh, I mean, dealing in absolutes, I guess, but it's just like, are you like being good to other people? Like, are you pursuing a life that's like bettering others like in pursuit of your like goals whatever like all of that stuff like i'm very just like are you a good person yeah so i don't particularly care for whatever like the other person identifies with the most like rock on do all of that but like i know for a fact like you're a good person like you're Thank a fantastic you. dude you obviously have a relationship with somebody that like I care about and have a relationship with like, you know, that's, that's me golden. We're sold on all of that. So I, I, like, I know people have experiences that are very like gender centric, but like, I don't think anything that we've ever like spoken about or talked about has ever been very like heavily gendered. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I try to keep it very light yeah. in that way. So I think ultimately your stance is if we'll just say for the sake of argument, you went to go get tattooed by someone yeah. and they were being a weirdo, you would just dip. Oh, absolutely. Which at the end of the day is kind of good advice instead of just sitting it out or nah. being subject to their bullshit. Just being like, I I'm out of here. Fuck off. Like this, this totally. is a waste of time. It's interesting that we're talking about all this now because one of the things that I wanted to, and I was telling DJ Michael Miguel about this earlier <laughs> while I was tattooing him, DJ Michael Miguel got his first Michael Manorino tattoo today. Whoop, whoop. It was a lot of fun. One? From him. From Aww. me. It's a portrait of his doggo. Yeah. In the style of a Hanya mask. It's really cool. Tell everyone out there in podcast <laughs> land about your crazy silent retreat. Because I think this oh, is like fuck. one of the most interesting things I've ever heard about in my entire <laughs> Please life. Please do. Oh, it was such a trip. I really enjoyed it. I used to meditate very heavily, like to an obsessive degree. I would like meditate for like over an hour at a time. Like I was real heavy into it. I think I just lived with like people that were very like yoga, mystic, whatever. We had crystals all over the house. It was the vibe of my house in North Hills with the sick ass pool that we lived in. I lived there like during the pandemic too for a bit. So I, had that kind of like spiritual awakening so to say with like meditation mindfulness yoga etc and this was like me taking that to the next level after i'd felt like i got back to work and i was like going back to regular life after the pandemic and i was like mm, i don't have time to like just sunbathe and swim and like stretch outside and meditate and shit. like oh i have to go to work and I like stopped doing this thing that I felt very connected to. And I was like, all right, time to change all that. I had, I think I just started working at the academy. Yeah, I had. And I was gonna go visit my brother because his wife was pregnant and like about to have their baby. And I also had friends working on like this cool art project in New York City. And I was like, hmm, they're all in New York. Like something can happen here. And I was like, why not have a spiritual like insane, 
experience in the middle of that. So um, I knew I wanted it to be like very traditional. I like went to a monastery in upstate New York and it's totally 100% like no talking, no phone, no electronics, no like not even like writing really. Like if you had to write something to talk to somebody like sure but like but they didn't want you to like write a novel or anything like it was all about like i meditated for like more than half the day like at least 10 to 12 hours that's so in chunks but like and it was not only about like sitting and having the meditative like sessions where you're like whatever crisscrossed on the floor and it's sometimes they had whatever gongs or sometimes it was like a like a lead meditation like the the head monk would like Whatever, every morning he would do like a spoken word while you were doing your meditation. But then it was like every other moment, waking moment of your day was also like a meditative experience. So the way that you walk, the way that you like eat, the way that you just move about the entire like grounds. And it was just like this beautiful like oasis of like forest and stuff. And we did like a shit ton of walking meditations outside and just like, total just trees as far as you can see the most beautiful green trees and like moss on the floor like i i'm not kidding i sat in the forest for like hours at a time like (laughs) how long did you go without actually speaking 10 days 11 days 11 days yeah was it you and i have talked about this uh you could come back in and you were saying you had kind of mixed feelings about it but ultimately since you spent a little bit more time away from it was it a good experience and would you recommend it to someone else? Not me. I could, there's no way I could go 10 <laughs> days without talking, but you never shut the fuck up. Hey, listen, or journaling. I know. Listen, <laughs> listen, fellas, you're right. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't make it one day. I, what? I could tell that everybody was at a very different space. Like it was, it was very moving it was very special like i could tell a lot about these people even from never saying words to them just like existing in space around them even like sometimes feeling just like the strength of like their energy or like how stoic that they were able to like remain and how like even breathed or like even paced they're able to remain like i definitely like awakened to senses that had not been paid any mind for a very long time but it also like really 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 challenged my resolve like not being in an extremely regular like long format meditative routine that was like horrors of the mind every horror every like (laughs) thing you've ever thought of that gave you anxiety about anything ever like hit me while I'm trying to like empty my mind of all thoughts. That sounds like, horrible. <laughs> but you're out of 10 would not recommend. Yeah. That sounds so gnarly. And you but just you're have here? to sit there and just be like, it's not real. Like it's not real. What was the word? Or did you make a sound after the 10 or 11 days? No. Oh, we, um, we all at the end, there was like a, what are they crystal bowl like the head monk like performed like a crystal bowl performance and i think at one point we all were like harmonizing with it or no like there's prayers like we did a prayer they actually like i am theoretically now buddhist like they kind of like 
They talked me into it. What, what can I say? <laughs> they coerced you into it. They Not even that. Yeah. Not even they that. They jumped her in with silence. No, like there's really honestly like four tenets of Buddhism. And I'm like, I was like, I'm cool with all of these, but like I drink alcohol, so I don't know what to do. And I said that straight up. I was like, I'm not going to like stop doing that. So I don't think I should like be anoint baptized, whatever. I don't know what it's called. And he was like, oh, I mean, that's fine. Like if you just don't believe that one, like we don't just don't do that one. Just brush that one under. It's cool. Yeah, I was yeah, like, like, it's cool. We're chill I was here. like, wait, really? He's like, I mean, yeah, like. If this is what you want, like I'm not gonna stop you. Like I'm not gonna just be like, mm, yeah, you don't drink, you can't drink, you're gonna, no one's gonna whatever. Beat you up over this. I was like, oh, okay, word, and like you know, never heard that from like a religious figure ever. So I was like, Truly. you know what, sick. It's funny in my head. I imagine like very, uh, in the style of a movie, you going all this time without speaking, and you're like, you finally get to leave. And you've like not said any words, and then you go to like pick up your bag, and the strap breaks, and you're just like, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is cooler, but I, like I met, I ended up like some of us were going back to the city, right? Um, and some people lived or like drove. I was like so jealous of the people that drove there. I was like, "You just get to like drive home now. Like you're just like up the road. Like okay, <laughs> cool. I'm literally across the country. No, but this dude." I ended up riding back to New York City with two dudes. They were super, super cool. But, like, it was kind of weird because they were, it was a very gendered, like, what do they call it? Do not it's not a dojo, but it's like where the main hall where we all. I like meditated. dojo. Dojo sounds really cool. I'm not saying the right word. Um, <laughs> but they had separate entrances for, like, men and women. So I, like, just had to be like, I'm a girl today, like, whatever. Like, I'm just not going to, like, make that a thing. I was just like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But, like, yeah, I don't think I connected, obviously, as well with the men. Because, like, even at mealtime, like, we were in, like, separate sides of the buildings. And we, like, ate, like, far away from them. Like, it's not like I didn't interact with them ever. Like, yes, like, group, group, like, walking, like, they were with us. But... Like, I, you know, I didn't think I knew as much as about them. So I was like, all right, like, let's get into, like, what's y'all's story? And, like, one of them was, like, an astrophysicist, like, yeah. studying for his PhD. And then he was like, oh, like, this is what I do. He was like, this Brazilian guy that, like, knew Chinese and, like, whatever. Had the most amazing life and story. And this other dude that, like, went to Georgetown's in New York, right? Georgetown? Georgetown. Uh, producer Corey is Georgetown College in, in New York. Yeah, New York. It is. It is. It is. I, I know that they're the Hoyas. I know that that is the that is the. I know mascot. it is because that's where the do the doctor, the priest in The Exorcist, yeah, Washington D.C. It's in D.C. Wait, what? Okay, never mind. And a Hoya, their their logo is a, a dog, a nice <laughs> a nice chubby bulldog. So not Stevie Ray Vaughan. No, it so is not a Stevie Ray Vaughan like UCSB. <laughs> so anyone that's listening to this, you, it's obviously very easy to tell. You are yes, there it is. The Hoyas. <laughs> wow. That shit is mad cute, bro. Right? It's a really. I it used to have like a, a, a hat very similar to that Aww. when I was a kid. Anyone listening to this, watching this, whatever, knows that you are a very creative. You are a very unique and very special soul. One mm -hmm. of the last things I'm going to ask you here today, and oh you and your partner are another one of my favorite couples ever. I think Aww. that you two make this wild, unique, interesting, artistic collage ball thing. That I'd love to hear about <laughs> for anyone that's out there that 
is maybe getting a little bit frustrated with the fact that they're single and they're not finding someone that's like them and meeting mm. their energy and isn't as unique as they are. Someone like yourself that's on the other end, you found someone that's equally interesting and, and artistic and, and is into all the same things that you're into for the most part. Do you mm -hmm. think there's something to be said for that? Is it important? Should you just wait it out until you find the right person? Or was it, did you two just kind of meet by luck? Oh, I mean, I think it's always going to come at, at some time, but that time is largely dependent on your receptiveness to like energy that is good for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I definitely had to grow that relationship, not only with myself, like a really strong relationship with like caring about my future, like what I have available to me as I grow old, like what kind of things I want to experience. Like you have to be like receptive to allowing that to be like real. Yeah. Some people like don't think that they deserve certain things or like they're so afraid of the potentiality of like something not working that they like do all these crazy things in their head to uh, sabotage that. I mean, totally normal. I get it. We've all been there. I've been to the depths of despair and back like to really feel and experience like all the amazing things that I do now openly and like very joyfully, but it's got to happen some way. And if I can in that process impart any type of like, yeah, knowledge or advice, I do this with Jackson all the time like I'm just very honest about how unique a person's situation can be and like different things that happen to people when they're young or whatever at any any like traumatic event of any sort or anything that's really impactful a particular moment can change the course of someone's like entire life or how they view relationships or people so like I mean he has been unfortunately like a person that at a very young age has had to deal with his parents separating so like i find that very important to explain to him now like what that is and like why that is and what happens and what our my relationship is with his father because he number one like deserves to know that but number two i think it'll make him such an emotionally like intelligent young person and then adult totally. like why would i not you know yeah and there's no taboo around like life life happens to people like let's not like not yeah. talk about it or like hide away things that are quote-unquote shameful have you, you know? have you listened to um and it's okay if you say no have you listened to other episodes of this podcast yes do you know that it is uh slowly becoming divorce it is a very very hurtful thing the podcast mm -hmm. um we'd be talking about divorce every single episode Really? I don't. Yeah, it's I mean, Oy. maybe birds of a feather, but we be talking about divorce a lot. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for it. I, it gives people a space to say the things that need to be said. I'm a child of divorced parents, but yeah. what you're doing is great. Yeah. Well, they're not they never got married. So let's just he <laughs> lucked out. <laughs> and you are a great mom, stepmom, whatever it is that we want to call it. Mom you're that killing, stepped up. Yeah. The mom that stepped up straight up. You're doing yeah. a great job. Before we get to your mystery question, oh my god! Number one, I just want to say thank you for being here. I'm so glad, so glad we got to do this. I feel like every time that I tattoo you, we just do this. It's just getting recorded this time. Yeah. Is there anything? That's fair. Artist, art, exhibits, music, TV, 
bottles of wine, anything that you're really fucking with, anything that's inspiring you, anything that you've seen where you're like, this is really, really moving me, <laughs> making me feel like I want to create, making me feel like I got to take the little one to a museum, anything at all. I had a great time. I mean, there wasn't a lot going on in the UK when I was over there and I like was moving cities, of course, like on weekdays. So I was just missing any opportunity of shred of like a nightlife or like performance or whatever. So like I took it where I could get it. But like I saw a fantastic show at the Tate Modern that was Helma off Clint and Piet Mondrian. who Sick. are contemporaries like theoretically but like don't converge like in practice really but it was like that juxtaposition of like how their form was like influenced by like nature and like ecological forms it was really 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 fucking cool i mean not only just do i think hilma is like a revolutionary historical like person like she's God, if I, like, was that informed about art, like, for the day where you have to, like, be a famous person, I would have not been Eleanor Roosevelt. I would have fucking been Hilma <laughs> <laughs> Clint. So that was, like, really, like, that was something I was looking forward to for a long time. Like, to be able to see a, a like, body of her work that large, I was like, oh, shit, I got lucky. And I also saw Men I Trust live in what? Bristol. Oh, it was so good. Yo, I'm fucking jealous. I love I that love band. Men I Trust. Shut up, Men I Trust. Uh, you're never going to hear this, but you make fucking fantastic music. <laughs> Billy Toppy. I love that song. And it's I just like to say Billy song. Toppy. It's such a good song. That's the name of the song, Billy Toppy. Sounds tight. Listen, Absolutely. hey, dog. You know what? It's fine. It sounds tight. You said earlier that you're fucking with the new Travis Scott album. <laughs> and that. I am. You can okay. talk shit on Men I Trust all you want as long as we... I've literally never heard it, so I can't talk shit about it's, it. It's low-key good. Spotify it's like, it's like shit. It's like indie indie pop. Yeah. Oh, like, I'm going to say something and you're going to get so mad. Is it like the 1975? No. No, way better. Way better. Yeah. Like... They're Canadian, so what, think very, like, What's slow. an adjacent band? Don't they say thank you a lot. Do, <laughs> Damn. Sorry. Do you like Crumb? What? Crumb. Have you heard Crumb before? Crumb, no. Yeah. Uh, what's another? Oh, uh, Beach House? Yes. Adjacent. But more, okay. but more rock. But like more like poppy grunge. and fun. Okay. Just, hey, just listen to Billy Toppy on your way home. Uh, I will. Or That's finish. their most upbeat song, I think, that you But I feel like you'll <laughs> like it. The, the, the OG stuff. It's whatever. We're This is not the Men I Trust <laughs> podcast. Shout out Men I Trust. I also want to ask, are we excited about um, Corner Office with John Hamm? The movie? I'm so excited. Yeah. You know what? Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. Because I saw like uh, Confess Fletch. Okay. I just like John Hamm. I love John Hamm. I think he's an attractive man. I was yeah. a big mad, mad, I almost said madman, madman fan. <laughs> I, I like John Hamm. So love honestly, John I'm going to see it. He's, he's a big St. Louis blues guy. Really? Yeah, he loves hockey. He's he been used on, like, to play a baseball. Lot of hockey podcasts. When I lived in like Mid City, he used to play like men's adult like baseball league at the fucking like. Really? Yeah, the park I would like. I'd walk circles around this park because I was like, I'm healthy. I'm like walking. <laughs> and yeah, I just walk around like John Ham playing baseball. Uh, Corey, one on one. What what is the horse version of hockey? I don't know, like just a shootout? One on, a shoot, okay, there yeah. we go. You versus John Hamm. Probably John Hamm. John Hamm. Your best day, his worst day. Oh, probably Whoa. John Hamm. Still John sure. Hamm? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, You always try to put me up against people and shit that like are definitely going to beat me. In he's the like pretty athletic, I feel like. This, Corey's athletic. I don't know. Yeah, I can do shit. <laughs> Listen, I've learned from through this podcast that you can beat 
John Hammond a shootout and you can beat Bron Bron in a game of what was it? Him to 100 and you to 10? Me to like five or something. (laughs) (laughs) I love that question so much. Well, McKenna, thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing wine. This wine's really good, by the way. But But it was like a big warm blanket around my shoulders. I have been sweating this entire time, but whatever. It's all good. Sorry about that. Thank you for being here. It's been so nice talking with you. (laughs) Shout out the Academy Museum. Shout Shout out Men I Trust. Shout out McKenna. Solarpunk Farmer. Oh, man. I know. I know. If there's anything that you'd like to shout out, say. Shout out Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, how can I forget? Shout out Stevie Ray Vaughan and the UCSB Gauchos. gauchos. Uh, Shout out Precious Slut. (laughs) (laughs) McKenna's crushing it with these side shout outs. Would you, uh, if people want to follow you on Instagram, they want to come visit you at the Academy Museum. They want to uh, shake your hand. They want to meditate and talk about Buddhism with you. Come to LA Breakfast Club. How about that one? That's another big one. What's that? Wait, do you know what that is? No clue. None of us know what that is. LA Breakfast Club is a hundred year old, almost, I think they're close, institution that started off, it's Every week on Wednesday mornings in Griffith Park, there's like a little like it's called Friendship Auditorium. But this started off as being like a breakfast that equestrians that rode around Griffith Park would do every week with each other to kind of like whatever. Talk about the news of like it was right when they were settling like in Los Angeles. So it became like a gathering place or like a salon i guess we could say of like all of like the artists all of the film people all of like the government like folks that would come through even like past presidents like would come by and be like we went to the la breakfast club but it's essentially just like a place to convene have a beautiful like catered breakfast and usually like there's some topic of whatever like they'll talk about a new somebody like wrote a new book about I don't know, like places in the world where people like there's the next guy coming is this guy that makes balloon animals, but then he goes and like photographs them in unconventional places like around the world. What I can do. Do you want to go do this? It sounds sick. How's the food? But fucking amazing. Like the breakfast is amazing. They have some stuff. I mean, but it's definitely like ham and eggs and like Mm. bacon. I mean, I'm not against it. Can we can we do a (laughs) pod? Oh, my God. A podcast trip to go do that. Honestly, will that be our first come. podcast trip? Yeah, I'm down. I've and been thinking about what our podcast. But there's like be. rituals and there's like rituals. songs, but it's all very silly, campy, like Sing breakfast related, <laughs> like breakfast related rituals. songs. Okay, they like <laughs> one to ten. Okay, on the one to ten scale, how corny is it? Like ten being the corniest thing ever, one being not at all. But like corny in the best way possible. Like corny where you 10. leave. That's a ten. A ten. That's, a that's 10. like a twelve. But like she it's, was like, well, but 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 it's it's corny in a good way. That means it's like fucking you corny. leave at so energized and so happy and like talking to the coolest people you will ever like talk to in your life. They're gonna like bring somebody in and be like, all right, guys, today we're gonna d- dissect the new Travis Scott record. <laughs> I'm like, yes, this is my day. Okay, <laughs> no, nice weekend, not joking. Though, like two times ago when I came, John C. Riley just randomly sits down like right next to me. That's pretty fucking sick. And, like wine mixer. Mm-hmm. It was fucking awesome. Like I was just like, this is a place for people to be silly, goofy, funny. We're all just like making jokes about fucking like eggs and ham and break and bacon. And it's called the LA Breakfast Club, and it's yes. every Wednesday in Griffith every... Park at the Friendship Auditorium. Yes. Okay, fellas, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do some recon. I'm gonna pray <laughs> that McKenna's there because if I pull up and I'm and she's not I'm coming this Wednesday. Okay. Second. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm 100 percent gonna, gonna go? go. What time is it? It's early. How, like 
Six? Seven. Oh, I get up at six anyways. Okay, great. Perfect. You're going to be so excited. Oh, you're going to love this. I just felt my my self and my soul get locked into this and instantly Andres regretted it. <laughs> no. Andres I was just is like, coming. Motherfuck. He's okay. going to be laying in bed on Tuesday night like, fuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my alarm's going to go off at 545 and I'm just going to be like, God damn it, Breakfast Club. We're going to uh, be so well rested and feel so great. How much is it? You said so like, rested or arrested? Well rested. Well rested. I was like, damn. You feel arrested. <laughs> Arresting the tattoo guy. We are going to lock you the fuck up. <laughs> uh, how much is like it? like 20 bucks. I'm know. fucking there. I'm going to be texting you guys crazy pictures. Yeah, it's so fun. Okay. I've been chairman of the day and they like get, you like sit at like this fancy table at the front and you like get to tell like pun, like jokes. They're like literally one-liner jokes about breakfast. Michael has a, a new <laughs> life goal now. You said I it. And I was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to be chairman it's of the so day. Fun. Uh, do a lot of people go, or is yes. this like a, if you know, you know thing? I. It's a well-known thing that exists, but like I would say, it attracts a lot of people that are like either longtime LA residents. There's a lot of people that have lived in LA for a very long time, or they're people that are like interested in like historical, different historical like societies or movements like some people really like architecture some people really like the bar scenes like i went to this one that was like a guy that had a collection of bar napkins from like i mean la and california centric but also like other seminal bars like across the united states and he's like this is not something that people do like this is not a very it is a such a niche subject yeah. uh, but it tells a story of like these massive cities and like the different like bar movements and places that don't exist anymore. Like he'll ha he has like bar napkins from and, but I'm a fucking weirdo and that's the kind of shit that I like. Thing like ever. I would run here to tell people that I it's saw so an cool. old collection of bar napkins. So that's it's a very Michael thing. Like, Sick. Yeah. Okay. And that's what's up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think <laughs> I give a, a damn? That's crazy. Damn. That's, that's crazy. We'll see. Damn, okay. That's crazy. Damn, that's crazy. You want to see this new Pokemon card I bought over here? <laughs> yeah, Hell I'm like, yeah. I bought a $90 Lickitung Pokemon card. Do you want to see it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to report. Okay, so on my honor as a podcaster. Oh, you're really putting oh, this in, in that recording. That really, really got DJ Michael Miguel. That he is <laughs> over here having a full-blown meltdown. <laughs> Me taking a guy with a bunch of bar napkins to my car to show him my Pokemon card. <laughs> It's like not even that rare. It's a ninety dollar Lickitung, and you're like, check this out. And then we would have, we would, we will have given each other back to back. Damn, that's crazies. And then he would look at. I would like open the paper bag, and he'd be like, damn, that's crazy. And Wait, then, what's the other one? It's not Pokemon, but like if you get the packs of, is it Digimon? Corey, like people producer that, Corey. I mean, there's a lot. There's Digimon. There's Magic. There's Magic's, now there's One Piece. Like, Magic's crazy too. A lot. Yeah, I like Magic. Lorcana is about to be a thing. But now. Digimon only has like five. Series. I don't know too much about Digimon. I don't know either. I, I'm a big. I Pokemon was just guy. saying. Producer Corey's words. a professional Pokemon player. I don't know oh. if I'm professional, but I'm a competitive. Pokemon okay, player, semi-professional. Yes. Will Did you bet like sure. money on sure. it? Like what? Uh, I've I've made like I mean I don't really have to pay to play the game. Well, no. He competed but in a tournament where the grand prize was what was it? Fifty like k grand or ten k. Like that. Yeah. That's that's Wait, walking what? around money. Yeah. He got a sash. <laughs> Did not get a sash. But yeah. Did you get a sash? <laughs> what did you get? A t-shirt. I got to hang out in Fresno for two days. That was cool. No, oh, okay. Um, no, yeah. but went to Portland. It was cool. I mean, like, just hung out and it's played a, Pokemon. I don't know chill. why he's so bashful about it. Like, it's a, it's a cool-ass oh, thing. It's cool. I like it. I mean, like, it's not... The thing is, is, like, I think a lot of people would see it as a weird, like, hobby. But, like, 
Dude, compared to some of this other weird ass shit that people do, like honestly, it's pretty fucking normal. Like, yeah, I agree. Okay, McKenna, let's get to your mystery question. Let's get to the fun stuff. Okay. Okay. This one is not as like salacious or ridiculous or insane as the other ones, but salacious. it just makes sense. Oh, I love okay. that word, salacious. <laughs> no. <laughs> I got it. No, I'm just kidding. Can you spell salacious? Don't make me. You you said I got I it and then said don't got make it in me. My mind. Wait 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 wait. Let me let me look it up really quick. Ready? All right, all right. No, 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 no. Don't even look it up. I Give your best try. Okay. S? Salacious. Oh, okay. S O. Nope. Nope. S A L A C I O U S. Salacious. Can you give us a definition? Didn't that sound like a spelling bee? Yes, it did. Can you give us a definition so that people know what salacious means? Like scandalous, like a topic that's risque or whatever. I'm going to say something controversial right now. I think. <laughs> or damning or like damning like oh that's salacious i don't know probably our highest iq on this podcast i think Stop. yeah for sure <laughs> god you just shit <laughs> on everyone her, else giving her a fucking rough for money robbie the bartender like. <laughs> <laughs> okay then it's official between her robbie the bartender or robbie the drummer which one is it everybody my name's way cooler head and shoulders above the rest <laughs> Well, congratulations. You officially have the by appointment only podcast highest IQ guest Fuck award. Yeah. This is going to be put a new- like an infographic on the screen that like says that. That'd Producer Corey? No. In post. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, uh, absolutely not. Okay. Well, congratulations. This oh is your God. prize. Uh, here's your question. Okay. You work at the Academy Museum. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's just say in another universe, you've been working your ass <laughs> off. You've been doing the thing. You're doing a lot of hard work. And one day you go into, I guess, your boss's office. Sure. And they're like, yo, like we have had some accusations. Some stuff's happened. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Corey, are you going to be okay? Yeah, chill. <laughs> and unfortunately, we have to let you go. And you're not going to get a severance package. You're not going to get anything. You're going to get your ass out the fucking door. And you know, it couldn't be worse than my boss. I already got fired. I know. I know. But we're not going to get into that (laughs) stuff. We're not going to get into that crazy drama. We had to bleep out stuff last week. So let's not do it this week. (laughs) At any rate, you're like, fuck you guys. This is fucking bullshit. Whatever, whatever. Okay. In the style of the Mona Lisa, you decide that you're going to steal <laughs> one thing from the Academy Museum <gasps> and not tell anyone about it. You're just going to keep it like in your closet in a box. And every now and again, you're going to open the box and be like, I got you, Ooh. motherfuckers. And then close the box again. What is the thing that you would steal from the Academy Museum on the day that you got fired? Okay. So it can't be anything, obviously, that's like in the exhibitions because they would know. Well, let's just say that like they, they don't know, though. You can have How whatever you want. How would they not know? Because you you know the ins and outs. You know, like, how to turn off the lights really quick and then it's gone or something. Turn off the, like, cut the power. Like, exactly. I, I cut the line to the... Wow. Listen, McKenna, you work there, not me. Mission you know how to do this stuff. Mission Impossible, though. It was a hypothetical. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This isn't actually going to happen. No. Well, I was trying to be really practical about my decision because I wanted to, like, keep it forever. So I was like, you but know. You get, but you can be... You can have it both mm. ways. You can be impractical and keep it forever. Then that's perfect. Fantastic. Great. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gonna be very very embarrassing but i love it um there's the uma thurma uma thurming's wig from batman 
Sick. Uh, 19, it's Poison 90, Ivy? 90, yes. 1999? Yeah, that's a good one. They just played it at the New I Beverly. was obsessed with that hair when I was however fucking old when that came out. Very, very small. And my mom, I was like, mom, you're a hairdresser. Like, you need to do this on me. Like, I need that. Don't know how you do it. Don't care. Just do it. And just like an obsession from there on like hair is fascinating to me i obviously get that from like paying attention to hair because of my mom but how fascinating that every era of like human history has had like defining styles of how you do your hair it's kind of crazy when you like, think about it it's so we just haven't had wild. one hairstyle forever it oh it's constantly changing yeah and like just how then imaginative that can be when it's like essentially what a comic book turns to a film like how like blew me away and i found out that they acquired that piece i think i think they acquire and they, they own it now but they were swapping it like into one of the galleries that's like costume and hair pieces and i was like this is literally like the best day of my life <laughs> like, yeah i would steal that wig in a millisecond would you like, would you be tempted to put it on yes so you would Absolutely. put it on? I mean, I don't know if it's like made for her head. Like maybe because sometimes they are like they'll do a, a whole cast of someone's like entire head. Yeah. We have like um, Robin Williams with like the Mrs. Doubtfire hair. And like that's like made to his head shape. Sick. That's really fucked. Up. I, I need to go know. to the Academy Museum. It's always oh, so many casts of like so many super famous people. Do you think it would be would you would you be tempted to show people? Like, would you be tempted to show your mom and be like, yo, yo, yeah. yo, look at what I said. I would have museum. to tell her. I would have to tell her. I would. Yeah. That's a requirement. Otherwise, no one's going to get it. And Who's you'd keep it forever. It? You wouldn't be like, yeah. dude, that gave back the Mona Lisa. You would be like, that sucks mm -hmm. to suck. I'm keeping it. If I was certain that there was other ones, I don't think I would care. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wig. Like, you don't think there's more than one? It's true. That's true. I do. There's got to be. Yeah. My favorite historical hairstyle. Like Ruby slippers. Ruby slippers. There's oh, like yeah, there's five a bunch pairs. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite historical hairstyle is the samurai. I like the yeah. long hair with the shave down the middle. I think that looks Dude. really. F I'm waiting for it to come back. I went to the Royal Armories in Leeds, which is like the literal museum of every single like holding that they have of every edged weapon that exists from however far back in history until modern times. It's just a fucking four-story building full of guns and knives. Sick. And nunchucks and armor and horse armor. Do I like horse armor? <laughs> okay, bef before before we call it, Producer Corey, what's your favorite weapon? Ooh, of all time? Yes. yes. A mace. A good what? answer. DJ Mike, Producer DJ Michael Miguel, what's your favorite weapon? Either a staff or some nunchucks. Hell yeah. I love nunchucks. Special guest McKenna. What's your favorite mm, weapon? Probably a katana. Ooh, a katana is a really good one, too. It's a nice uh, one. Host, Michael Manorino. <laughs> what is your weapon of choice? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked it. <laughs> I think if I had to choose. Brass knuckles with a, with a knife on the end. <laughs> they I had do that like brass too. knuckles with a knife on the end. Honestly, really cool. per what I just said, samurai sword. Yeah. I forever am a sucker for samurai swords. Uh, the samurai swordness of Pulp Fiction has had an effect on me my whole life. And Kill Bill. <laughs> Kill I Bill. just like samurai swords. I was like, swords. what? I just want to know, like, 
what it feels like to put one in somebody's belly. Hopefully, I don't find out. Go on Forged in Fire. Make one <laughs> and then just stick it through a ballistic stomach. McKenna, I've already got a podcast <laughs> and I'm doing pottery and I'm tattooing and I have a girlfriend that I like you to cook. You don't want to forge also? Uh, uh, it's, you 12 know hours a day? Fuck it. Let's put it on the pile. Let's do it. I'm ready. I'll add it to your calendar. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. Just one forged day a week. Just one forged day a week. That's okay, it. perfect. McKenna, you're the sweetest. Thank you for being here. <laughs> this course. has been so cool. Um, if... Outside of the breakfast thing, which I want people to go to, mm. if people want to follow you on Instagram, if you can also say don't, uh, how they can follow you on Instagram, oh. how they can be your friend. I mean, if they don't want to see shit happening, I mean, I I guess I've become I like, like a little bit of a meme, a meme poster in the stories. Yeah. But my like grid posts are very like, hi, three months have passed. It's okay. <laughs> well, so I guess at the end of the day, if you want to hang out with McKenna, either you go to LA Breakfast Club. Wednesdays at 7 a.m. McKenna Ray at anything. Or go to the Academy Museum. Give or them that. some bucks so they can give her bucks. To everyone or out there. Don't pay for it. I'll get you in. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> you're going to be getting some DMs that you regret. That's dangerous. I'll Try see you next me. week. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to talk to you me. after this about getting to the Academy Museum for free. Try hey, guys, it. do we want to do that as our field trip instead? I Yeah, I'd prefer. You will <laughs> devote, okay. you will devote at least four hours. Okay, we'll Just do that. Saying. Our first podcast field trip will be to the Academy Museum on the price of gratis yes. because of McKenna. <laughs> hey, guys, it's on me. It's I like on the me. way you said that out of the side of your mouth. Gratis. <laughs> <laughs> As if I didn't want McKenna to hear. So she can be like, whoa, 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 you want tickets? No, no, I'm not, I'm not getting you guys in for free. Everyone, thank you for listening. This has been so much fun. Just remember, out there... To be tatted, stay tatted, be good to each other, watch good movies, be sweet, go to museums, don't fuck with the artwork, leave it alone. McKenna, thank you again for being here. You're such a sweetheart. Thank you for the wine. What what are we at? How many times have we counted Uh, now? Nine nine or ten. That's nice. Incredible. Incredible. This podcast is produced by wonderful, sweet, sexy producer Corey Dunn. And of course, producer DJ Michael Miguel. Hi. Enjoy that tattoo, my, my guy. It was fun hanging with you today in a non-podcast setting. Our theme song is by Javi. Shout out, Javi. Where you at, Javi? Uh, I guess that's everything. Everyone have a good night. Thank you. I love you. Uh, we'll see you next week. I'm going to tell you how the Wacky Breakfast Club is. All right. <laughs> good night, everyone. Bye. Bye, McKenna. Thank you.